The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Leadership today is more than just a position in an organization. It's also a mix of proven practices that produce results. Welcome to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Our program will bring you the how and why of successfully led businesses or organizations with not-for-profit goals and how you can apply the Adesis Methodology and make it work for you. Now, here is Dr. Ishak Adesis. Hello, hello, hello. This is a 13th broadcast in a series of 13. It's my Voice America Bar Mitzvah, I think, my 13th broadcast and the last in this series. And so far in the 13, 12, sorry, 12 broadcast, we covered what does it mean to manage how to identify the problems correctly, when to try to solve them alone, and when not to try to solve them alone. And the secret of success, why some companies fail and some companies succeed, what is the secret behind it? What is the most important thing a company should have, managers should perform in order to have a healthy company that is growing. And you know what health means really healthy here is capability to handle change. When you're not healthy, any little change, you feel you, you get sick. Your body cannot handle it. When you're healthy, you can jump into a sauna and then into the snow, roll in the snow and you feel invigorated. And when you're not healthy, the slightest change in weather and you catch a cold. So how do you build this healthy organization? How do you manage so you have a healthy organization that can handle change? And oh my golly, I'll be going through an unbelievable, rapid, chronic change in the society we live in, the world we live. So, so many organizations get sick and they die and others survive. Some of the major ones, the biggest ones, disappear. They get sick because the rate of change is too big for them to handle. So this Adesis methodology that I am sharing with you in these broadcasts is based on 44 years, so far 44, and I look for the next 44 if I live long enough. But the Institute is here, they're going to continue. We have some young people here. It's dedicated to how to manage change, how to build and maintain a healthy organization so it can handle change. 
or as I said in the previous broadcast, to be a prime organization, to be very successful, is not an organization that doesn't have mistakes, doesn't make mistakes. Success is not how little you fall. Success is how fast you get up. How fast can you make a corrective action? You know, even an airplane, it is programmed to fly somewhere, and it's all in the computer. It will deviate from that route because of wind, because of conditions. So the role of the pilot is to bring it back on the desired route. Corrective actions all the time. Life is a series of corrective actions. How do you do that? When do you know whether the problem is normal or abnormal? How do you define a problem? What to do about it? That is what we covered in this, so far, 12 broadcasts. And now is the last one. And here we are going to start now to continue to cover the life cycle of organizations. Because in the previous podcast I said, organizations have a life cycle like all living organisms, like a tree, like a butterfly, like a worm, even like a star. The stars have a life cycle too, young stars, old stars. However, human organizations are different from all of those other systems because we are conscious. If we are conscious, we can impact our age. We can impact, we can prolong our life. Which is not true for a tree. It, can, it has no control over it. It has a, it is a chronological age. We can impact it. We can prolong our life or shorten our life, depending on what we do. And here is the next news to you, which I've not told you so far. An organization does not have to die. It doesn't even have to age. If you know what you're doing and you know how to manage it, you can bring a company to prime and keep it in prime. I would say indefinitely is too long of a time because eventually there will be leadership that is not conscious, doesn't know what he's doing, and they're going to stop this continuation, continuity of the organization. But you can maintain an organization alive for a very long time. Look at the Catholic Church, 2,000 years. Look at religions. Religions have a very long span of lifespan. Why? Because they have a religion. An organization should have, quote unquote, a religion, vision and values. That's what keeps the organization going. I had a client years ago, years, years ago, in the United States that was in the cow business. They had lots of cows. Oof, I forgot the number, but lots of cows. Because at that time, cows was a tax shelter. So many medical doctors and independent businessmen that needed tax shelters, they were investing in this cows business. And then the government changed the law and cows were not a tax shelter anymore. 
Supposedly, this company should have gone bankrupt. The business died. But remember what I'm going to tell you now. The business can die. The organization does not need to die. This specific company moved from cow business to mining in Africa. What is the common denominator? Not technology. It is quality of management. You can move. The business dies. The organization does not need to die. If you're conscious, if you know what to do, you can move from one technology to another, from one market to another. You will survive. And you will even flourish if you know what to do. And this is a methodology which I'm teaching here with these 13 broadcasts. And I'm encouraging you to read my books. I have 14, very soon, 17 books in 26 languages. Adizas Institute is in 10 countries around the world. But we serve 52 different countries. Companies from startup companies all the way to the largest company on earth and even governments. We have a lot of experience. This methodology works. If you know, look at the website, you will see it works. You have credentials, testimonials from real companies with real names of presidents of companies. It works. It is evidence-based. It's not theoretical at all. So having said that, what are we talking about? How to manage change? How to be change-oriented successfully so that you can survive for the very long run? You don't need to die when there is change. Ready? We covered so far how to build the company from scratch, how to manage a pre-birth, how to prepare for a birth of a very good, for a successful company. That was called courtship. Then we talked about how to manage an infant organization, so-called startup. Then how to manage a go-go company that is growing very fast, very rapidly. Then how to make the transition from entrepreneurial management to professional management. And if you make all these transitions successfully and you don't fall into the traps along the way, in courtship, the first trap is called affair. It's not, a, it's not a courtship, it's an affair. What does it mean? There was not enough commitment. Like in personal life, we have a good time together, we're in love until somebody mentions the word marriage and somebody disappears, doesn't want to continue. Why? They are not committed. They're not committed commensurate to the risk of marriage. So you need a commitment commensurate to the risk. Otherwise, it will be an unhealthy courtship. It will be an affair. In an infant organization, the trap there is called infant mortality. Infant organizations require a lot of energy. They require a lot of money because they're growing, working capital, they're expanding. They require energy of the founder to dedicate himself to the company. And if they don't have the capability to dedicate because their family life is requiring their attention, their family problems, 
or they made a mistake, there is not enough, uh, there's not enough quality and the clients are aborting them, or they don't have enough money, so like there's not enough milk to feed this baby, the company will fold. It's called infant mortality. What happens in Gogo? In Gogo, the negative is that the company falls into the founder's trap or the family trap. Three generations and the company falls. Or the founder controls it and then when he dies, the company dies because he couldn't move to the next stage where it's professionally run, independent of, of the founder. We covered how to make the transition. And that's called going into adolescence, very difficult time. You have to change the strategy, you have to change the goals, you have to change the structure, you have to change the style of management, you have to change the reward systems. Lots of changes in the transition. And I have not told you in the previous segment that I'm going to tell you now. You must watch the sequence. If you don't do it in the right sequence, it will not work, it will backfire. I've seen companies in the go-go stages trying to make the transition and they cannot. They go try it again and again and again. Painful, going back and forth. Why? The transitions are not in the right sequence. Analogy. Sneezing and wiping your nose is the right sequence. I've seen people that first wipe their nose, then they sneeze. And they're surprised why they look ridiculous. Well, the sequence, the sequence was wrong. Same thing in a company. The company is in trouble. You know, the founder says, I don't know how to manage. I don't know how to do it. I do policies that they don't work. And people are really fighting with me. I'm going to look for somebody to manage the company for me. Wrong sequence. He hires somebody like this, gives him the keys, and the guy just hijacks the company. You should first have done what? What the vision? What the mission? Where are we going? Then the structure then budgetary controls, then reward systems, then hire somebody to implement it, to run it, or hire somebody to do it for you and then appoint him as somebody who's going to run it. The sequence has to be right. The sequence has to be right. It took us in the DSS Institute 44 years of working in companies all over the world to learn what is the right sequence, what is the right sequence. And it's like medicine, we still make mistakes. We're still learning, we're still improving. And from day to day, from company to company, we're improving. Lots of experience. Okay, you avoided the founder's trap. You avoided the family trap. What are you now? A prime company. Well, there is a, there is a trap in adolescence. You move into adolescence, there's a lot of fighting in adolescence. And what happens there? What is negative there? What can be fatal there? It's called divorce. What is a divorce? The board of directors is tired of the founder. What was a genius before now becomes a unguided missile. We have to get rid of him, like they did with Steve Jobs. They fired him from, from Apple. He just they could not control him. They fired the founder. And what happens, the company goes into premature aging. They lost the heart, the pumpy heart. They lost the person with the vision, the person that really pushes for change. The company becomes profitable in the short run, 
but starts losing sales in the long run. Very dangerous. They kick the founder out. Or the founder starts kicking the administrators out because he's in control. It goes to a succession of those people and nothing gets stabilized. Founder's trap. If you succeed to avoid an affair, infant mortality, founder's trap, or the divorce, you are moving into prime. And how does prime look like? And how to stay in prime? After the break. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Top Leaf is a turnkey management development curriculum that consists of a set of 20 to 30 minute videos presented by Dr. Ishak Adesis, creator of the methodology and founder of the Adesis Institute. The Adesis methodology is considered by many to be a solid foundation for all organizational development. The Top Leaf curriculum is made up of three programs. Top Leaf can be used by individuals, by organizations, and by trainers and consultants looking for new content to offer their clients. For more information about Top Leaf, visit www.adesis.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Ishak Adesis is one of the leading management experts in the world. He has written 14 books that address the challenges facing top management. Books by Dr. Adesis can be found in 24 languages. They can be purchased at the Adesis store at www.adesis.com or on Amazon.com. Electronic versions are now available for three of the books with more to come. These books reflect over 40 years of study in the fields of management and organizational change. Pick up a copy of one of the books for yourself or as a gift today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. When you are in prime, the organization is structured right, has an articulated vision, articulated strategy, has budgets, which are under control, but not under control without stretching. They're stretched the best we can do and controllable. So the company is flexible and controllable and the reward systems reward the behavior that we want to have rather than a patchwork of here and there of agreements that were made over time 
They do not look like a, a total unity, like which is typical for a gogo. Everybody has a separate deal. And the whole thing doesn't make sense as a totality. It makes all individuals. And you don't have silos. But you have an organization that is structured for change and controllability. So we separate the entrepreneurial spirit departments from the administrative departments. Uh, if you don't understand what I just said now, please read my book. Because uh, it's too much to explain here by, on radio. So you go to Prime, finally. How do you stay in Prime? You have to be very careful because Prime is not a destination, it's a condition. Flexibility and control are two opposing forces and because of it, that point where they meet is not a stable point. You can easily get out of control or out of flexibility. So it is like, if I may say so, like the old Jaguars used to be, you buy it's a beautiful car, but you have, to, you have to have a list of all the garages along the way, repair shops, because it constantly needed to be adjusted, aligned. Same thing with the prime organization. It periodically needs to be aligned. All at once control too much, we're losing flexibility, realign. Opa, too much flexibility, not enough control, realign. You constantly have to fix it. You cannot say, I go to Prime, now I can relax, I'm done, I finished. <laughs> no, no, no. You're never finished. Why? Because there is change. And when there is change, the organization gets out of alignment, out of alignment. Well, how do I stay Prime? Aligning is keeping myself in Prime. But how do I stay in Prime? It is how. You have to think beyond a single entity. You have to think about a family. Look, guys. You as an individual cannot stay in prime forever. Your family can. Look at that family picture. There used to be a beautiful book of photography called The Family of Man. I remember when I was in high school, I was in love with that book. It shows, you know, people from different cultures and the pictures have one common denominator. We are all one big family. And when you show a picture of a family in Vietnam or in Africa or in America or, or whatever, in Germany, they all look the same, you know? How the same? You have the grandparents sitting in the center their children with their husbands and wives behind them, and the little children, babies, are like, like olives in a salad, in the front, sitting on the floor, kind of framing the picture, right? That's how an organization in Prime should look like. It is not a company anymore. It's a family. It's a group. When I restructure a prime company, I change its name. If it's called, let's say, ABC, until then, I said, from now on, it's not an ABC company. It's the ABC group. Why group? Because it has to be like a family. You identify the profit centers. Which entity, which profit center, which strategic business unit is in the aging parts of their life cycle. These are the grandparents. 
These are the ones that give their money for the new babies and to grow the business. They themselves don't need anymore because the market is going down, the technology is outdated. We now are going to milk that company rather than feed that company, that unit. Put them in the center of the chart. Then you have units which are, let's say, prime. What is the role of prime organization? To create new babies. How? Decentralize. Spin-off units. Then you have the Google company. What do you do with the money of the Google company? Let it stay there so it can support itself. Because it's growing. And then you have a nursery. New markets, new technologies, new things. Who support them? The grandparents. The aging units. Basically, what you have now is a portfolio of strategic business units at different stages of the life cycle. You should not only have a portfolio of stock in the stock market, what's called diversify. You should have the same thing in a company. You should have different strategic business units at different stages of the life cycle. As the aging company is dying, the prime becomes aging company, which they call aristocratic. They start feeding their babies. The gogo becomes a prime. The infants become a gogo. You can stay in prime. The group can stay in prime. Why? Because there is diversity. Because there is a portfolio. You should not only have a portfolio of products, not only a portfolio of stocks, you should have a portfolio of strategic business units and a portfolio of chief executive officers. You have different people with different talent. Somebody might be flexible enough to take a unit from infancy to aristocracy to aging and stay the same president. Wow, that's a very unusual person. Most normal is somebody knows how to run an infant organization, but when it gets to be a go-go, he loses the wheels. The wheels come off the company. He loses control. Somebody is very good in Gogo to build a fast-growing company. My God, they know how to drive a racing car, you might call it. But they don't know how to professionalize it. Somebody else is a professional manager, knows how to run a professional company, but he doesn't know how to run a startup company. The optimum is when you have a portfolio of companies in the life cycle, and portfolio of CEOs that you can move around from one strategic business unit to the other, depending on where the unit is in their life cycle. The secret of being in prime is decentralization. Don't decentralize in Google, which is a typical mistake. We are growing, decentralize. Or decentralize in, in, in adolescence, you will lose control. When you are in prime, now is the time to decentralize, to spin off units, to spin off strategic business units. Now is the time to do a major restructuring of the company. And you need to have more strategically oriented executives, not just errand boys, not just executors, but leaders. Now is the time for leaders because they have to manage the different profit centers independently, in a sense, manage the different strategic business units.
Getting to Prime is difficult, as you can see that from all the broadcasts we have done so far. Staying in Prime is even more difficult because you have to decentralize. You have to manage diversity. Diversity in styles, diversity in goals, diversity in reward systems. Much more difficult. Conflicts can be very, very destructive if you do not know what you're doing. If the company gets out of prime, it starts to age, you will not feel it or notice it in the financial statements. You will not notice it in the results the company is producing. As a matter of fact, it's very subtle. It's like with people. When we start to age, it does not show yet in the urine test, in the blood test. By the time it shows in the urine test, in the blood test, we are already old, you know that. It starts, the aging process starts between our ears. My son's elementary school had a sign on the wall. It's not true that when people age, they stop to play. It is when they stop to play that they start to age. So in a prime company, we start ex stopped innovating, we stopped exploring, we stopped changing, we lost entrepreneurial spirit. What's happening? It's starting to age. It will eventually show up in the financial statement. It will eventually show up in the results of the company. Right now, it starts very subtly in the culture of the organization. What are the main signs of this cultural change? After our break. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network join the adesis graduate school for online masters and phd programs Get involved with in-depth research into how change can be managed on many levels across disciplines and cultures worldwide. The clinical programs train practitioners with methods that have been used with exceptional results by certified Adesis associates and clients for decades. Core concepts include the proven Adesis theory and spiral dynamics, an emerging theory of human social evolution. For more information, go to adesisgraduateschool.org. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Learn about applying the Adesis methodology in your organization's decision-making process. Our comprehensive training programs include a three-day introduction to the Adesis methodology, Breakthrough to Prime, and Leading Highly Effective Teams, a detailed seven-day seminar. The seminars are valuable for corporate leaders. 
key executives and others involved in the decision-making process. Our trainings are available around the world and in multiple languages. For more information about these and other training programs available, please visit adesis.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. The change, what they call between your ears, there is a change in the culture of the organization. These are subtle changes that will eventually reflect themselves in the financial statements. They will eventually reflect themselves in how the company is successful in the marketplace. But it starts in the culture. There are quite a few signs. I'm going to mention only some, because to mention all of them will take the whole broadcast. And I do want you to read the book, so I'm directing you to the book. What are those signs? It is, on the left of it, on the curve, is the growing. On the right is aging. And in the middle is a twilight zone. What happens in the twilight zone? It's a transition from growing to aging. What happens in the transition in the twilight zone? I'm going to make now some extreme juxtapositions. Why extreme? So you can see it. You can see it. Because when it's extreme, it's easy to see. When it's not extreme, it's more difficult to see. In reality, it does not have to be so extreme. Okay, in reality, it will be more subtle. But by knowing how, how it is extreme, maybe you will identify the subtleness. In growing stages, cultural organization, Everything is permitted unless specifically forbidden. In the aging stages of the life cycle, everything is forbidden unless specifically permitted. See, in the growing stages, we ask forgiveness. In the aging stages, we ask permission. In the growing stages, people say, nobody said we cannot do it, so why don't we go? Let's go and do it. Nobody said we cannot do it. In the aging stages, they say, hey, guys, they didn't say we can do it, so let's not make mm, waves here. They didn't say we cannot do it, so stop. Watch it. Everything is forbidden unless specifically permitted. This is a twilight. This is a transition in the culture. Next, in area number one, in the growing stages, management believes they're in control of the organization. In the aging stages, they feel more impotent. They feel the organization is in control of them. How does it look like? I think an analogy will help you. Analogy will help you. Many years ago, I was invited to give a lecture to a company in a resort hotel. My lecture was in the afternoon. I had the morning free. I was wondering what should they do. 
And I saw because it's a resort hotel, they had horses for rent. So in my imagination, I was going to be the John Wayne of the morning. I'm going to ride myself a horse and gallop up and down the fields and have fun that morning. I went and I rented the horse. It did not take too long for me to realize this horse has been on rent for many years. This horse knows the path by heart. This horse knows how long are 60 minutes without looking at the watch. This horse is totally programmed. So we get on the path. I kick it to go up the hill. And what does the horse do? Goes two steps to the right and stops. And he's moving his tail up and down. What is he telling me? Come on, get back on the path. Don't, don't cause trouble. I get back on the path. Now I kick it to go downhill. You see what I'm doing? I'm already compromising. Who is controlling whom? Pay attention to the transition here. And the horse goes two steps to the left, stops, the ears go forward. And what is he telling me? Listen, bastard, get back on the line and stop making waves. Don't give me any trouble anymore. We get back on the path. Who is in control now? I act like I'm in control. I'm the boss, I'm the rider. But who really is in control? The horse. You know something? That's what happens to presidents of democratic societies. I talked to three presidents of the United States. I had the opportunity to talk to them. I asked them, what is a common denominator? What is most difficult to be a president? I got the same answer three times. Implementation of strategy. They know what they want. They want to be the John Wayne of the morning. They want to gallop up and down to change the society, to change the world. That's why they're running for, for, for presidency. That's why they're running to be a leader of the country. And then what happens in a democratic society? Oh, lots of power centers, lots of lobbying, different parties, everybody pulling in his own direction. And what's happening? Can't implement the decision. So what do you do? You sit there, you act like you're in control. You cannot admit that you're not in control. You cannot do the mistake that Carter did, you know. Oh, we have a crisis of trust, a crisis of, of faith. Guys, you, you're not supposed to admit you're weak. You act like you are in power, although you know you cannot do much. That's why many political leaders lie. They act one way, deep inside, they know the truth. Why? There's a bureaucracy. It's an enormous bureaucracy. Government machinery is an enormous bureaucracy. Not to mention of the other parties waiting for you to make a mistake, politically undesirable things so they can attack you. You have to watch your step. You're working on eggs. You have to know what to push and what not to push. You have to become very politically oriented. Same thing with the horse. You have to know how far to push it. What to do before the horse throws you off. So what's happening? When the growing, you were in control. The founder is in control. Whatever he doesn't like, he fires the people. 
He decides what he wants to do. Period. His running is short, as it's called. In the aging stages, uh-uh, he's not in control anymore. The organization is in control. By the way, it's not the board of directors in control. The unions are in control. No. The dynamics of the system is in control. The multiple factors playing, it's like the weather. It's not any single one factor. And you have to know how to walk in the rain and not get wet. You know how to, you have to know how to handle the different political pressures so that you can survive. That's aging. What the hell is the change between growing and change and, and, and aging? The twilight zone, the, the cultural changes slowly. It is that the power moves from line to staff. In the growing stages, sales is very powerful because the organization needs money. So the sales person, sales manager talks with a lot of authority and everybody listens to them. Sales marketing are very strong. By the time you move into the aging stages, the power moves from line to staff, to the headquarters. Who is powerful now? Chief financial officer, legal, in some companies, human resources, they manipulate the whole thing, they're the kingmakers. What happened here? How come stuff is becoming stronger? And sales, marketing, production weaker. What's happening here is not just a move of authority from line to staff. It is a bifurcation of authority from responsibility. What's happening? In the growing stages, authority and responsibility are together. The founder has all the responsibility, has all the authority, one and only. Ask me the question, give me the answer, thank you very much. In the aging stages, after prime, in prime, it is systematized. You know which department does what, there is a committee, executive committee, there is a board, there is a system for decision making. <coughs> in the aging stages of the life cycle, there is a bifurcation. Those that have the authority don't have the responsibility, and those that have the responsibility don't have authority. The one in the center, the headquarters, they have the authority. They decide budget, they decide policy. They de but who is responsible? The line is responsible for the results, but they don't have the authority to decide. They have to go to the headquarters. This bifurcation makes the organization more impotent, slow to react, does not, is not capable of changing as fast as the environment changes. That is called aging. There are more signs, but for that I direct you to my book. This is, I'll give you some of them so you can feel the transition in the culture that will be reflected eventually in the behavior of the company. And when the company ages, the first stage of the aging is called aristocracy. What are the signs of aristocracy? How does it behave? So you can differentiate it from the growing stages after our break. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
The Adesis Speakers Bureau can present the Adesis methodology and its approach to harnessing the power of change to your top management team. The presentations, either in person or via a live video hookup, can be delivered in a two-, four-, or six-hour format. Participants can derive immediate benefit from the material and put their new knowledge to use right away. For luncheons, corporate retreats, and strategic planning meetings presented in a variety of languages, visit www.adesis.com. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The Adesis Management Methodology increases the speed at which organizations are able to implement change and solve their problems. The methodology introduces an innovative process, culture, and system that allow organizations to achieve dramatic growth in both revenue and profits. Build your success from within. Adesis Management Methodology is delivered by the Adesis Institute with offices worldwide, introducing a new management paradigm. Visit www.adesis.com for the Adesis Institute today. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. In aristocracy, you can identify the aristocratic organization, the aging organization, beginning of aging organization, by several signs. How they dress, how they address each other, how they use space, how they address problems. Let's go. See some of them. How they dress. In courtship, you don't pay attention to it. We're in love. In infancy, you can have your shirt inside out. I don't care. Did you sell for me today? You don't have to shave. Did you sell for me today? Results is what counts. It's like partisans. Uniforms are not necessary. Results are necessary. In gogo, mm, you will have a matching jacket and pants. It's starting to look a little bit more formal. By the time you're prime, there is a uniform. Used to be called the IBM look, the McKinsey look. You have to look very professional dressed. I was just reading the New York Times this weekend, and now the presidential candidates in the Republican Party, they all dress the same. There is a presidential look, presidential fashion very professional. By the time they come to be aristocratic, they are dressed for a funeral or for a wedding. You don't know which. 
the more formal, the better. The shiny shoes. How you look like is extremely important. You know why? Because in the growing stages, function is more important than the form. In the aging stages, the form is more important than the function. In prime, form and function are in balance. And because form is more important, how you dress is more important than what you do. Whom you know is more important than the results you produce. So look at the how. The how is more important than the what and the why. How do they address problems? In courtship, there are no problems, only opportunities. We are in love, everything looks exciting. In infancy, if there is a problem, we don't have time for problems. We address crisis. If it's not a crisis, leave it alone. We have too much to do anyway. In Gogo, it's not management by crisis, like in an infancy. In Gogo, it's not management by crisis. It's crisis by management. It's management that crisis creates all the crisis. We look at the founder, the seagull, and we say, oh my God, here he comes. New problems, new priorities. What now? What are we going to do now? What is he going to drop on us right now? He or she. In adolescence, there is a problem, but it's not the market. They're fighting each other. There's a lot of internal struggle between the newcomers and the old-timers. In prime, there are no problems. They're tasks. What are we going to do? What needs to be done? Let's go and do it. By the time the company is aging, they have problems, but they don't talk about it. Look how the space is being allocated for meetings. Board of directors room. There is no space in courtship. We're in love. Two o'clock in the morning, I call you on the phone. I have an idea. What do you think? We are calling each other all the time. We're in love. In infancy, there is no meeting room. Why? There's too much to do. We don't have time for meetings. Would you please accompany me to the garage, to the car? Let's have a meeting walking down to the garage in the elevator. That's infant. In Gogo, there is a meeting around the president's office, working breakfast, working lunch, working dinner, come on, go do this, finish. They had a meeting. In adolescence, different rooms, different meetings because they are fighting, very cliquish. In prime, there is a meeting room, the lights are bright, papers on the wall, sturdy chairs, sturdy table, working environment. By the time you come to an aristocratic company, the lights are low, heavy drapes on the, on the, on the windows. And the picture of the founder, life-size, looking at you from the wall. Or in some places, they have all the pictures of past presidents standing in a row. What is it telling you? They, by the way, they're never smiling. I don't know why, but they're not. They're always like they're telling you, don't forget where you stand. Don't forget what you're supposed to do. Always stern face, not smiling. But if they don't have pictures of the founder or of the president, they have some expensive artwork on the wall. So when you walk into that room, dressed in these dark suits, you know, very formal, 
sitting around a very long mahogany table with very comfortable chairs. Some of them even had microphones in front of every chair, making it even more formal. With the dark lights, picture of the founder looking at you or some art, expressive art. It's very uncomfortable to talk about problems. They have problems, but they don't want to talk about it. The environment, it just don't talk about it, you know, it's very like sacrilegious. So they're hinting about problems. In an aristocratic company, the meeting will go something like this. Somebody will say, it appears under certain circumstances, may I suggest, however, on the other hand, we might assume that, what the hell is he saying? You know, somebody said, you ask the person next to you. And he will tell you, he's saying that we are losing market share in Florida. <laughs> so why don't you say, though? Why are you, you know, camouflaging the whole thing? They're talking in the camouflage. There is a reason. If you look at the financial statement of a company in prime and a company in aristocracy, whose DNB, done and breasted ratios are better? Who looks better? <coughs> Who has more money in the bank? Who is more... Who is more liquid? The aristocratic company. You know why? Because they're not innovating. They're not investing. They're milking the cow. They're not feeding the cow. I had experiences of sitting in the meeting, and the chief financial officer would say, ladies and gentlemen, we have $300 million in cash. Any recommendations, any ideas, what we should do? Shocking, right? It will never happen in a Google company. In a Google company, the chief financial officer will say, we are short of $300 million, not we have $300 million. And you know what they do with that money? They go and look for a Google company they can buy. What are they doing? Buying youth. It's like an old man or an old woman try to rejuvenate themselves with a young partner. They are buying youth. They're looking for a company that is growing in the right market, right technology, that we can buy so we can continue growing. We are not growing organically. We are growing through mergers and acquisitions. Or it could happen in the opposite direction. That the Google company identifies a sleeping beauty there heavy on cash, you know, not going anywhere, that they can buy control of. There was a guy many years ago, 40 years ago, I forgot, Mishulam Rickles. That's how he made a fortune. He developed the whole model when he was studying for his MBA. How to buy control of a public company that is aristocratic with a lot of cash, with a little bit of cash you buy control by taking control of the stock, and what are you taking control of? Of the cash. Then what do you do with that cash? You buy even a bigger aristocratic company by control of. And he built an empire by just taking the money out of aristocratic companies to buy another company. By the way, taking the cash out of aristocratic company does not rejuvenate it. It just makes it a poor aristocracy. And he had a hell of a tough time with companies that used to acquire. Many of them went down the hell. Why? Because he couldn't manage them. 
Aristocratic companies are liquid because they're not innovating. And because they're liquid and they have a lot of money, to start trouble by saying we, are, we have to do something, we have to change something, you become like a sore thumb, you know? You stand out and you give trouble. People say, hey, hey, hey calm down. The problem, is, the problem is going to be in the future. Right now, you know, we have a problem in Florida. But it's not so serious. We have a lot of money. We are the leaders of the industry. We have been around for a long time. So why are you making waves? So what happens to people that want to make waves? They don't stand out and say, guys, we have to do something different because they will get killed. In an aging organization, innovators are known by the arrows in their back. Don't make waves. So what do they do? They allude on the problems. They discuss the potential problems, but they try to hedge. It looks under certain circumstances, may we assume on the other hand, not necessarily so. They say what they wanted to say, but they did not take the chances. How to rejuvenate an aging organization? How to avoid bureaucracy? How to increase entrepreneurship and innovation and make an organization healthy and young and aggressive and growthful and successful? in the future 13 series of this broadcast. I thank you for the opportunity you gave me to speak to you. I hope to hear from you because I want to know how successful this was and to know whether it was worth continuing or not. I remain yours wherever you are. This is Dr. Ishak Adizis. Thank you very much. Thank you again for joining us this week for Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Please tune in again next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy your weekend and a successful week.